This is KD, and you are listening to the podcast, KD Read With Me. Today is currently Mother's Day, and in celebration of mothers and daughter relationships, we are reading a book about not entirely that. Um, The book is Coraline by Neil Gaiman. Um, Gaiman? Gaiman? I'm not sure. We are actually on chapter 2, and that is on page 11. It's funny, when you look at it, in the 10th anniversary version or edition of the book, it looks like an 11 on top and an 11 on the bottom. It's pretty nice the way that worked out. Anyway, let's get to reading. Coraline, chapter 1. Coraline discovered the door a little while after they moved into the house. It was a very old house. It had an attic under the roof and a cellar under the ground and an overgrown garden with huge old trees in it. Coraline's family didn't own all of the house. It was too big for that. Instead, they owned part of it. So, hmm. I don't know if I would want to buy a house that is connected to other pieces you know, because chances are, if, if those people want to sell their house, their portion of the house, and someone wants that land or that plot of land or whatever, what are you going to do? You won't be able to afford the other parts of the house, and you most definitely will not be able to afford to buy out whoever is trying to buy you out. So, mm, just something to think about. Another thing to think about, this illustration... It's like a huge rat with like a girl crawling on the inside of his arm. And I think this little girl is Coraline at the very bottom of the picture. You you just have to see the illustration. But I'm saying it's pretty funky. It looks cool, but you know, just kind of, you have to interpret some stuff. Anyway, let's keep reading. There were other people who lived in the old house. Miss Spink, Miss Forcible. Uh, they both lived in the flat below Coraline's on the ground floor. So he will probably say flat a lot. What Englanders or whomever call flats, we call apartments. So keep that in mind. They were both old and round, and they lived in their flat with a number of aging Highland Terriers who had names like Hamish and Andrew and Jock. Once upon a time, Miss Spink and Miss Forcible had been actresses, as Miss Spink told Coraline the first time she met her. You see, Coraline, Miss Spink said, getting Coraline, oh, no, no, no. You see, Caroline, Miss Spink said, getting Coraline's name wrong. Both myself and Miss Forcible were famous actresses in our time. We trod the boards lovely, or lovey. Mm, I think it's lovey. Oh, don't let Hamish eat the fruit cake. He'll be up all night with his tummy. It's Coraline, not Caroline. Coraline said um, Coraline. In the flat above Coraline's, under the roof, was a crazy old man with a big mustache. He 
He told Coraline that he was training a mouse circus. He wouldn't let anyone see it. One day, little Caroline, when they are all ready, everyone in the whole world will see the wonders of my mouse circus. You ask me why you cannot see it now? Is that what you ask me? Wait, no, what? <laughs> you ask me why you cannot see it now? Is that what you asked me? No, said Coraline quietly. I asked you not to call me Caroline. It's Coraline. Okay, if I have to keep saying this, I'm going to get annoyed and irritated. But I can imagine. Because my name is difficult sometimes. Anyway, that's why everyone has to call me KD. Because K and D are easy to say. They are alphabets. However, some people think that it's Katie. Like K-T. K-A-T-I-E. But no, it's a K and a D. But whatever. <sighs> Not going to dwell on it. Okay. The reason you cannot see the mouse circus, said the man upstairs. I'm guessing that this is Bobinski. I wonder if they'll ever say his name, Bobinski. Maybe it's not even Bobinski. Maybe he's just the old man upstairs. The reason you cannot see the mouse circus is that the mice are not ready, are not yet ready and rehearsed. Also, they refuse to play the songs I've written for them. All the songs I have written for the mice to play go oompa, oompa. But the white mice will only play doodle, oodle, like that. I'm thinking of trying them on different types of cheese. <laughs> I don't think diet is going to change attitude. That's just me. Anyway, Coraline didn't think they were really that. Well, no, no. Coraline didn't think there really was a mouse circus. She thought the old man was probably making it up. The day after they moved in, Coraline went exploring. She explored the garden. It was a big garden. At the end of the very back was an old tennis court, but no one in the house played tennis, and the fence around the court had holes in it, and the net was, had mostly rotted away. Whoever sold them this place, why didn't they... They should have, because if they... Well, never mind. Okay. There was an old rose garden filled with stunted, fly-blown rose bushes. There was a rocky, a rockery that had all the rocks. Um, I've never seen a rockery. I don't really even know what that is. There was a fairy ring made of squidgy brown toadstools, which smelled dreadful if you accidentally trod on them. Oh, they talked about it. They, t they talked about it in some of the theories about the fairy ring. And apparently this is mostly in England anyway. I think the fairies don't like America. <laughs> or they probably just would not be here. I wonder if you can make your own fairy ring with... Because you can grow mushrooms. So can you grow mushrooms by, plant, by like deliberately planting them in a circle? 
food for thought, you know? There was also a well. On the first day Coraline's family moved in, Miss Spink and Miss Forcible made a point of telling Coraline how dangerous the well was, and they warned her to be sure she kept away from it. So Coraline set off to explore for it. Why? Okay, maybe it's because it's dangerous and she likes danger. She's crazy. So that she knew where it was to keep away from it properly. Okay. I'll buy that. But once you find out where it is, do not touch it. Do not see it. Do Just put like a big old arrow and say, don't touch. <laughs> well, maybe not because I don't know. So Miss Forcible and Miss Spink have taken the place of Wyborn. Wyborn actually, um, I think he's the... The first, like, he's the kid that she meets, and he shows her where the well is. <laughs> he doesn't keep her away from it, but he shows her where the well is. She found it on the third day in an overgrown meadow beside the tennis court. Behind a clump of trees, a low brick circle almost hidden in the high grass. The well had been covered up by wooden boards to stop anyone from falling in. There was a small knot hole in one of the boards, and Coraline went in afternoon dropping pebbles and acorns through the hole and waiting and counting until she heard the plop as they hit the water far below. So in the movie, in the movie, it was kind of like a hole in the ground, you know, and the green grass grows all around, all around, and the green grass grows all around. I just had to. <laughs> I love Barney. Anyway, um, it didn't really have like a well feel to it. It was just kind of like a hole in the ground. At least for me, that's what I thought it was. Just a hole in the ground. That's how it looked in the film. Coraline also explored anim explored for animals. She found a hedgehog and a snake skin, but no snake. And a rock that looked like a frog. And the toad had looked just like a rock. Oh, so she found a rock that looked like a frog. And a toad that looked just like a rock. Okay, so that's that's what it's saying. There was also a, haunt, a haughty black cat. This is Vernon, I think. Who sat on walls and tree stumps and watched her but slipped away if ever she went over to try to play with it. That was how she spent her first two weeks, my goodness, in the house. Exploring the garden and the grounds. Two weeks, huh? Okay, so in the movie, she means Wyborn and the Cat Vernon. Um, she means them like... A day after. At least that's what it feels like in the movie. Her mother made her come back inside for dinner and for lunch. And Coraline had to make sure she dressed warm before she went out. For it was very cold. It was a very cold summer that year. But go out she did. Exploring every day until the day it rained. When Coraline had to stay inside. What should I do? Asked Coraline. Read a book. Said her mother. Watch a video. Play with your toys. Go and pester Miss Spink and Miss Forcible. 
or go crazy or the um crazy old man upstairs okay so i don't really like this i mean yes those are two older women and yes like it's an older man upstairs but they've only been here for about two weeks uh, maybe a little bit over two weeks so i'm gonna say three weeks to a month that's not enough time to really know someone and i would be weary of my only child going alone to go you know visit people neighbors that that just kind of screams stranger danger to me i would never do that but um I, Coraline is like, what, 12 years old, I think, so I would, maybe she's very confident in the way that she and her, her husband raised Coraline to ask questions and be aware of her surroundings, but I, it just seems, it seems off to me because I don't want to see that as a way to remedy your child's boredness or uh yeah like to go and, and visit practical strangers I, I just I don't know how to I don't know like how else to say it it just rubs me the wrong way no said Coraline I don't want to do those things I want to explore I don't really mind what you do said Coraline's mother as long as you don't make a mess um this also mirrors in the movie. She doesn't like mess. <laughs> but the house is like a straight mess. Coraline went over to the window and watched the rain come down. It wasn't the kind of rain you can go out in. It was the other kind. The kind that threw itself down from the sky and splashed where it landed. It was rain that meant business. And currently its business was turning the garden into a muddy wet soup. Coraline had watched all the videos, she was bored with her toys, and she read all her books. So, my mother probably would have said, okay, since you've read all of your books, and, you know, this is at a certain level, I'm going to go a level up. Maybe two, and that way you can focus on what you're reading, and you'll get more education and all of that other stuff. And you won't be, you know, making a mess. Maybe that's something her mother probably should have adopted. She turned on the television. She went from channel to channel to channel, but there was nothing out. But there was nothing on but men in suits talking about the stock market and talk shows. Eventually, she found something to watch. It was the last half of a natural history program about something called protective coloration. She watched animals, birds, and insects, which disguise themselves as leaves or twigs or other animals to escape from things that could hurt them. She enjoyed it, but it ended too soon and was followed by a program about a cake factory. It was time to talk to her father. Coraline's father was home. Both of her parents worked, doing things on computers, which meant that they were home a lot of the time. I'm guessing they don't have a lot of time for Coraline, though. Each of them had their own study. Hello, Coraline, <clears throat> he said when she came in without turning around. Hmm, said Coraline. It's raining. 
Yep, said her father. It's bucketing down. Bucketing down? What? Most people will say pouring, but okay. <laughs> Bucket Buckets? Pour. So I don't... Okay, never mind. I'm not gonna... Reading too much into it. No, said Coraline. It's just raining. Can I go outside? <laughs> she wants to go outside when it's raining. What does your mother say? She says you're not going out in weather like that, Coraline Jones. Oh, I like the way that they do it in in the in the um in the movie. It's actually pretty funny. You know, it's like fuck that something, Coraline Jones. <laughs> Like the way she growled it, it was, it was just hilarious to me. Then no, but I want to carry on exploring. Then explore the flat, suggested her father. Look, here's a piece of paper and a pen. Count all the doors and the windows. List everything blue. Mount an expedition to discover the hot water tank and leave me alone to work. That's basically what her dad said in the movie. I guess it's just like the delivery. That's kind of why I like. I like watching movies. And I like reading. And the difference between the two. Especially if I'm familiar with one. And I'm exploring another. I like to make comparisons. And just enjoy. You know. But um. <laughs> and like. Now that I'm reading it. All I can think about. Is the way that it was actually. Um, <clears throat> the way that it was portrayed, and I'm just gonna say it. I I really like every time I read the the lines, and it's like the exact same that was in the movie. I kind of smile because my mind takes me back to what the movie was. <clears throat> okay, it says, "Can I go into the drawing room?" The drawing room was where the Joneses kept the expensive and uncomfortable. Furniture. Coraline's grandmother had left them when she died. Coraline wasn't allowed in there. Nobody went in there. It was only for the best. Now in the movie, that drawing room or living room, whatever, was very dull and blue and basic. And there was nothing expensive in there. <laughs> is bland and empty but um okay let's keep going Coraline considered this carefully wait no 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 if you don't make a mess and you don't touch anything that's what her father said and now it says Coraline considered this carefully then she took a piece of paper and a pen and went off to explore the inside of the flat sorry she discovered the hot water tank it was in a cupboard a cupboard in the kitchen cupboard what she counted everything blue 153 items she counted all the windows 21 she counted the doors 14 in total of the doors she found 13 open and closed the other the big carved brown wooden door at the far corner of the drawing room was locked. She said to her mother, where does that door go? Nowhere, dear. It has to go somewhere. Her mother shook her head. Look, she told Coraline. She reached up 
and took a string of keys from the top of the kitchen door frame. She sorted through them carefully, then selected the oldest, biggest, blackest, rustiest key. She went into the drawing room. She unlocked the door with the key. The door swung open. Her mother was white. Her mother was right. My bad. <laughs> the door didn't go anywhere. It opened onto a brick wall. So, in the movie, it's not big. And there's wallpaper over it, so we don't even know if it's an oak door or not. It's like, it's so small that... Coraline has to get on her hands and knees and crawl through it. Now, we don't know her age, but we are suspecting that she's a 12-year-old. Especially given the fact that she has free reign to go any and everywhere. On the grounds, inside of the flats and all, with permission of the other tenants. To me, that seems like a touch too much freedom for a 12-year-old. Like, it seems like a touch too much freedom for a nine-year-old because some people were speculating that she was nine years old and others were like no she looks more along the lines of 12 now I think um that 14 15 yes because I'm a little bit more confident in you know your decision making skills however you know puberty and hormones you might just <laughs> go crazy and decide to just go any and everywhere and you know I don't know where you are let me get out of mother mode because that's not gonna help anybody anyway <clears throat> when this place was just one house said Coraline's mother that door went somewhere when they turned the house into flats they simply bricked it up the other side is the empty flat on the other side of the house the one that's still for sale. Okay, so in one of the theorizers' videos, he was like, where does this lead? Does this lead to the other dimension of the bell down? You'll find out who she is if you don't know who she is. She's sort of kind of the bad guy of the book. But then again, in some of the theory um, videos that I've watched on YouTube and some that I've like listen to from other people chances are the Beltham is also a victim we don't know we are not sure we are only analyzing and enjoying the book but literally it, it says in the actual store on page seven we are on page seven it literally says her mother confirms the other side is the empty flat and it's still for sale. Chances are because it was of the same house and a lot of things when people do houses are asymmetric. So, um, not asymmetric, just symmetric. Like, they're the same on both sides. So, chances are Coraline's apartment could be a direct, a direct, literally, a direct complement to the other side of the apartment that's for sale because we've lived in a duplex before and it was pretty much the same thing pretty like pretty much the same kind of place she shut the door and put the string of keys back on top of the kitchen door frame 
You didn't lock it, said Coraline. Her mother shrugged. Why should I lock it? She asked. It doesn't go anywhere. Coraline didn't say anything. It was nearly dark outside now, and the rain was still coming down, pattering against the windows and blurring the lights of the cars in the street outside. Coraline's father stopped working and made them all dinner. Coraline was disgusted. Daddy, she said, you've made a recipe again? It's leek and potato stew, ew, with tarragon garnish. Tarragon garnish, what? And melted your year cheese. G-R-U-Y-E-R-E, cheese. It has an accented E before the R. Uh, I don't even know. I don't even know what that is. Coraline sighed. Then she went to the freezer and got out some microwave chips and a microwave mini pizza. So, uh, pizza and fries. Chips are considered fries over there in England. And I think what we call in America chips, they call potato chips. Um, I'm not sure, but you know. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, because it says some microwave chips. You don't put, like, chips that come in a bag. <laughs> like, you know, like Cheetos and Lay's. You don't put that in the microwave. So I'm pretty sure, I'm confident that these are fries. <clears throat> if you tried it, maybe you'd like it, said Coraline's father. But she shook her head. That night, Coraline lay awake in her bed. The rain had stopped. She was almost asleep when something went. She sat up in her bed. Something went. That's literally what it says. Coraline got out of bed and looked down the hall, but saw nothing strange. She walked down the hall. From her parents' bedroom came a low snoring. That was her father. And an occasionally sleeping murder. Not murder, mutter, my bad, M-U-T-T-E-R, mutter, sorry, that was her mother. Coraline wondered if she dreamed it, whatever it was, something moved. It was a little more than a shadow, it scuttled down the dark and hauled fast, like a little patch of night, so it's a rat, or a mouse, or whatever. She hoped it wasn't a spider. Mm, what spider is that big? Spiders made Coraline intensely uncomfortable. Okay, so um, just to fast forward here, the Bell Dam looks kind of like she acts like a spider. And here it's saying that Coraline is intensely uncomfortable with spiders. The black shape went into the drawing room and Coraline followed it a little nervously. Why would she follow it? I would not. Um, the room was dark. The only light that came from the hall, um, the only light came from the hall and Coraline, who was standing in the doorway, cast a huge and distorted shadow onto the drawing room carpet. She looked like a thin giant woman. Coraline was just wondering whether or not she ought to turn the lights on when she saw the black shape edge slowly from beneath the sofa. 
from the sofa, sorry, it paused and then dashed silently across the carpet toward the farthest corner of the room. There was no furniture in that corner of the room. Coraline turned on the light. There was nothing in the corner, nothing but the old door that opened onto the brick wall. She was sure that her mother had shut the door, but now it was ever so slightly open, just a crack. So chances are it could have been a moving shadow. Um, if in 2009, actually, uh, there was another movie. It's called Princess and the Frog. And um, Dr. Cecilia, who was the shadow man or the main antagonist to Tiana other than um, racism and financial problems. Tiana is the, um, is the main character. Naveen is also the main character in her love interest. Um, <clears throat> the shadow man was trying to help Naveen's, um, like, man on the side. Like, well, not man on the side, but he's more like a steward, um, someone who helps. And um, he basically wanted to, like, make the wishes come true for everyone. But um, he was doing a version of, you know, Hollywood voodoo or whatever. And the shadows he's called the shadow man because there are shadows that aid him in bringing about destruction well not really destruction but distress and they help aid him in ways that he as a human would not be able to do so they're able to travel far and wide because they're shadows they aren't actual beings they're more of spirits sort of so i'm guessing that that's what led Coraline into well that's what sparked her curiosity to lead her into the drawing room in the movie it's an actual mouse and so that's why I thought oh it's a mouse but it could very well just be one of the shadow spirits that are leading her into the other realm to um meet her fate I guess Coraline went over to it and looked in uh this is the door that that's open just slightly there was nothing there just a wall built of red bricks Coraline closed the wooden the old wooden door turned out the light and went to bed she dreamed of black shapes that slid from place to place avoiding the light until they were all gathered together under the moon little black shapes with little red eyes and sharp yellow teeth so probably is a rat or a mouse Chances are it is a rat. But then again, it could be a spirit. You know, I'm not canceling anything out, you know. They started to sing. All right. <clears throat> Let me try to do this. We are small, but we are many. We are many. We are small. We are here before you rose. We will be here when you fall. Their voices were high and whispering and slightly whiny. Okay, so um, I can't do all of that. My throat is actually being strained now from talking so much. Usually when I have allergies and I talk, it's painful. Like, <laughs> it's, ooh, it's not good for me. Okay, they made Coraline feel uncomfortable. Then Coraline dreamed a few commercials. 
And after that, she dreamed of nothing at all. So I usually have that nothing at all feel when I get depressed sometimes about things. Not like full on depression, just sad about some stuff. But I do dream about commercials and sometimes I dream about, um, like, <laughs> it's, it's actually pretty funny. I dream about, um, bookmark commercials sometimes and sometimes I dream about, uh, Hot Pocket commercials and then I wake up and I'm like, oh my gosh, I really want a Hot Pocket. Hot Pocket! <laughs> um, that is the end of chapter one. Um, this episode isn't really, really long, but once I edit it and, you know, like, take out the bad parts and add, um, everything else that's supposed to go with it, it's gonna be about 40 minutes or maybe 30 minutes. I don't know. I have to get into the editing room, but... I don't want to do it chapter by chapter because chances are I'm probably going to go ahead and fall asleep or something. But um, thank you for spending a portion of your Mother's Day with me, listening to me read a story about a little girl. Yeah. In the house. This is more like a a Halloween book. Yeah. But you can have horror on Mother's Day too. If you and your mom are into that. Or... Okay, so I'm going to go now. And thank you guys for spending time with me. Um, I will try to get the other episodes out in a timely manner. Hopefully with our intervals. Um... Have a good day and much love and respect and honor to you mothers and those who are mothers who aren't actually women. <laughs> um, thank you as well. And I just want you guys to know that if no one else appreciates you, know that I appreciate you and I appreciate your listening. Have a good day.